Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Tamisha, also known as Vibe Queen, and I'm so excited to be back here on the podcast. I took an unintentional break and felt called to come back on the mic because a dear soul messaged me when I shared my opinion on my story and basically just inspired me to come back on the podcast and share my voice, share my thoughts. And I've been really feeling called to do more solo episodes and take a step back from interviewing guests. But I felt a sense of unworthiness, if I'm being really honest with you, a sense of who am I to share my opinion? Who am I to share my experience? I'm not uh, the expert. I haven't made millions of dollars yet. I haven't quote unquote arrived, right? And then I realized that we never arrive. Mastery is never achieved. It's an ongoing journey. And, you know, what one person's goal is might just be a stepping stone for another. Everything is perspective. And so, interestingly enough, it is a post that I saw by a person that deeply inspired me. And I deeply respect, and I still do. And they shared that they were taking a step back from recording podcast episodes. Now, granted, they didn't give a reason. Why did they decide to stop recording podcasts? You know, is the timing just a sense of coincidence? I guess, fair enough, it could be. However, reading all the comments did inspire me to research what's what's going on with this whole Joe Rogan and Neil Young and now Joni Mitchell and other artists uh, wanting to jump on the bandwagon of pulling their music from Spotify because they don't agree with another person's outlook on what's happening in the world and the guests they decide to have on their show and they believe it's misinformation. Reading about that and seeing two of my worlds collide, podcasting and music, it was almost like the wake-up call that I needed to realize and recognize that arriving is irrelevant. We all need to share our voices and opinions and perspectives because our voices matter no matter where we are on our journey. I felt this sense of inspiration and it really came from a dear soul that I was talking to back and forth and she's, you know, someone who's kind of seen my journey and the progression that I've made and I got to witness her as well and we were chatting and she was just such an advocate and here I am recording. So just want to send love to her. And I just appreciate you so much. And so never underestimate encouraging people to to follow what they're passionate about because it does matter and you do have an impact and influence. So just a little side note right there. But with all that being said, cancel culture, that whole concept of canceling someone. And I really want to unpack that because when you really think about it, to cancel someone or to reject someone means that they are not whole. They are not worthy. They are not accepted, right? And ultimately, when we really peel back the layers, we are all animals at our core, really. And we all have this need to want to be seen and heard and accepted. To cancel someone is like the ultimate, you're not part of the tribe. You're not part of society. You are not wanted. You are rejected. It is such a shameful thing to do which is also now that I think about it, ironic that the author who I had such respect for, that is a big topic that she talks about, shame, 
So it's interesting that she's choosing not to continue to record podcast episodes, but I digress. So when you think about that emotion of shame and not being included in the herd, in the tribe, what does that do to someone? It can really affect someone. Like that's a sense of like non-belonging. But here's the kicker. If you as an individual and a critical thinking sovereign being really know that you are whole, you are infinite, you are love, you are worthy, regardless of what other people think and project onto you, you can't be canceled. If you believe in yourself, there is no such thing as canceling me or anyone. At the end of the day, the more we try to cancel people and the more we try to project our views and opinions, here's the irony. The more people wake up. And that's what I'm starting to see. And it's a blessing in disguise. And so I'm actually incredibly grateful. I am so grateful for Neil Young. I don't really know his music that well, to be really honest, but I'm so grateful that he decided to take a stand, if you will, and say either me or Joe Rogan, because you know what? It's getting people to wake up and pay attention. And there are a whole new wave of people who previously perhaps did not pay attention and are now considering other perspectives. And it's not about right or wrong. It's not about picking sides. And it's not about, you know, whether you choose to put a certain thing in your body or not. I'm not even talking about that. It's just a matter of getting people to start to think for themselves and just consider other perspectives. And if you really just take a step back, why can't we all just share our gifts and talents? We have a musician and a podcaster, two completely different genres. It's all this ego, either I go or he goes. I don't understand. Doesn't make sense. People can choose what they want to consume and listen to. The aha that, that I got from it, and this is what I'm hoping it, it inspires you to do as well, how can I take action in my own life? How can this inspire me to perhaps get to the next level within my own business or within my own gifts, right? If you're new on this awakening journey and you realize you don't want to be stuck in your nine to five job, or perhaps you love your nine to five job, but you know there's more that you can do and you're realizing you have gifts and talents, but you're not quite sure how to make that leap or how to, how to just take that next step. Find someone who has done what you're trying to do. It's Believing in yourself enough to know that there is possibility beyond where you're at. And I think the more, ironically, these, these things happen, the more people wake up to those possibilities and that we don't have to choose one narrative or the other. We can actually also create our own. And there are a lot of people thriving in their own narrative and creating their own while maintaining awareness with what's going on. So I really hope that that opens up your eyes to perhaps going inward and looking within your own life and seeing, okay, what are some areas that I perhaps feel stagnant or stuck in? Within the idea of cancel culture and this sense of rejection and this sense of being on a healing journey and this sense of I'm broken, I want to talk about that a bit as well, because one of the things I, I realized on this healing journey, I'll call it that for now, 
is that to imply that you need to heal yourself, it means that you're broken. You're not whole. My last guest that I had on the show, Kara Poulsen, one of my favorite episodes, she said something that was really, really profound for me. And she said that she was broken in the hole. When she said that, I, to be honest, didn't really understand what she meant by that. And she explained it on the show and I conceptually got it, but I didn't really fully embody it, if that makes sense. And so I have gone through quite a bit in the time since I interviewed her. It finally clicked for me. It finally made sense for me, broken in the hole, meaning that we are always, we've always been whole. We've never been broken, yet we can feel that sense of brokenness, right, in our spirit, in our soul, while simultaneously knowing that we are worthy and we are whole. And in in that awareness of knowing that we are not necessarily where we want to be, when we can accept ourselves where we are, even if it's not where we want to be, and take action anyway, and bypass that programming that we have in our mind, right, and that self-sabotage, that's when miracles happen. I call them miracles because to me it's just like incredible. But that's how we can be broken in the whole and we can still be successful. We can still thrive. We can still share our gifts. We can still make an impact even if we're not necessarily where we think we need to be before we can step in. Because here's the thing. You have to be who you believe you want to be before it even becomes to fruition. For example, affirmations is saying the words and hoping that you believe them. And I know affirmations is something that is very popular within the spiritual community. I know it's something that I've sworn by. However, saying words in hopes that you will believe them is almost like wishful thinking. And you're going to always just hope that you are one day going to be that, right? You know, I am worthy. I am worthy. You're just kind of hoping and wishing that that is what you're going to become. But instead, if you know you are worthy, and you can feel it on a cellular level, you are telling your body that you feel it. And energetically, you then are able to send out that signal. And that is what's going to influence your reality. And so you're not pretending. And that's where imposter syndrome comes in as well. Because very often you're feeling imposter syndrome because you're, you are actually pretending. Because an affirmation is like you're pretending. But when you know it, you are being it. And so when you say, I am worthy, even when your circumstances is, is shit, <laughs> okay, but you know you are worthy regardless, that's when the frequency in your energy that you're omitting starts to change and your reality has to match that frequency. It also made me realize that imposter syndrome, sometimes it ain't a syndrome. <laughs> you are actually being an imposter. <laughs> And so I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, you know, there are some coaches out there that have no business being a coach. As a coach, if you are not living by your own coaching program and you haven't fully embodied your own coaching program, you have no business being a coach. You don't. Maybe that's a bold statement, but I truly stand by that. I look at it like this, and this may be a controversial opinion. However, I recently hired a personal trainer and I am not going to be inspired by a personal trainer who does not look the way I 
aspire to look on a physical level. Because if you're not able to embody and live within those standards, then how can I trust that you're going to be able to hold that type of space for me and hold me accountable if you can't hold yourself accountable? It just doesn't make sense. But that's just me. That's just me. So with that, with that example, look at your own, your own circumstance. And this applies for, you know, coaches, for, you know, even healers. I had the incredible fortune of living with a dear friend for about a month when I first came to California. He's a healer, a trauma healer. And one of the most incredible things that I got to witness when I lived with him was his morning routine. And now I'm not saying that you need to have this morning routine. I don't have this morning routine. His morning routine was about two to three hours long. And I witnessed it every morning. It was consistent. He would sleep outside, nature. He had his meditation. He would do his yoga. He would journal. He had this whole flow. And so the reason he needed to do this, he would explain to me, is that he needed to have a clean, empty vessel slate because he used his hands and his energy to, to heal people. And he's healed thousands of people and has done incredible things. I had a few sessions with him as well. And just he needs to have a high standard of integrity if he's going to be able to do this work and move, literally move energy. And I, I, like I said, I experienced it myself. It was, it was incredible. And so the reason I share this is that in order for you to be effective with your clients, in order to be truly a master at what you do, you have to live by the standards of your own program. So what I encourage you to do is where in your own life are things perhaps leaking? I have a thing that I call the four quadrants. If you look at your life, there's four areas that you can dissect. You have abundance, your money. You have your health, your physical well-being. You have your spirituality, right? And then you have love. And if you're not in a relationship or even if you are, what I mean with love really is self-love, worthiness. And I always like to start with love, worthiness, because it's the root of everything. If you don't have self-love, the health is going to be affected because you're going to eat like shit. You're going to not drink enough water. You're not going to take care of yourself because that self-love isn't there. Your spirituality, I mean, it may be there, but still, you might fall prey, and I say prey, to uh, a cult, to a guru, to uh, religion right? All of that falls into spirituality. If your self-love isn't strong, that's how you fall victim to that cult shit, okay? And I call it a cult shit because you think it's outside of you. You think God is not within you. You think you need something outside of you. Self-love, if you've got self-love, you don't need that, okay? And then the other one is abundance, all right? If you don't have that self-love, you're going to be struggling paycheck to paycheck. I truly believe we are here meant to have a human experience, and it is nothing wrong with being abundant. And because with more abundance and living in your purpose, the more you can help uh, uplift people. It starts with self-love. So you have abundance, prosperity. You have your health, your physical well-being. You have your spirituality and you have love. And it all starts with your self-love. So those are the four quadrants. So that's something that, that came to me pretty recent. And it made me realize just 
how much the four are connected. And if we don't look at ourselves first, we're not going to be able to show up as that powerful coach, healer, artist, entrepreneur, inventor, whatever it is that you are, regardless if you're awakened or not. Because after a spiritual awakening, you're still you. Your habits, your mind, your body is still you. That doesn't change. So how can you, now that you've awakened to the bullshit, right, and all the shit that's going on, now what? What does your life look like? Because we can we can try to scream and yell, and this was me in 2020. For those of you that remember the Take the Red Pill blog, you can scream and yell and try to wake people up, right, and maybe be into politics and all of that stuff, but it's not going to change the fact that you're still not living in your purpose. What are you doing? And I say this because it gets really easy to get caught up in the hype of of the things outside of you. And that's what I did for six months. Six months, I was on the politics train. I was on the conspiracy train. I was on the you need to wake up train. I was on the this train. I mean, I even worked for two months in politics, knocking on doors. I was so passionate. And, you know, people would call me Candace Owens. And I was so proud of that, you know. And I didn't care that she was kind of mean and unkind. And as long as I was right, ego, all ego, all ego. And so what in your own life can you look at within the four quadrants that perhaps you can address? And perhaps if you look even deeper, is it connected to that self-love? And so to tie this all together, especially if you're a coach, entrepreneur, healer, right, from a business perspective, maybe that's why you're not getting the clients that you, you know, want or or are aligned to. Or perhaps that's the fear of stepping into a high ticket coaching program or a group coaching program or even starting your coaching program, you know, or even going live on social media. Whatever the block is, more than likely, if you look at the four quadrants, it's going to go back to self-love and that shows up in other parts of your life and so if you're dealing with some kind of illness or you're getting sick often what's going on are you taking care of yourself goes back to self-love right if it's your spirituality if that's becoming your identity right that's a huge trap I know I did an, an interview with Ryan Ryan Burton in season one we talked about that different traps you could fall into when it comes to spirituality And so that's a big one. You know, you have an awakening and all of a sudden within the awakening, just being spiritual becomes who you are. Everything is spiritual. We're all spiritual beings. Once we get to this level of understanding that, okay, we're all spiritual beings, everything's spiritual, then there's no need to attach to to, to any of it. So who are we then outside of that? And then typically it goes back to self-love. There's still that something in there where there's something in there where we either we don't feel worthy or there's something in there where we feel like there's a self-sabotage, abandonment wound, there's a trauma. There's something in there. It's all linked to that lack of self-love or unworthiness. So getting curious, asking those questions. I'm a big fan and big believer that if you're a coach, you should have a coach. Why would anyone invest in your coaching program if, if you're not investing in a coaching program? I just think it, it makes sense. And 
don't be afraid to take a pause. Don't be afraid to take a pause if that's something that you feel called to do. And that's that's what I did. And within that pause, I realized that the thing that I'm most passionate about and always have been passionate about is music. And that's what my soul's calling has been craving is to use my voice like I'm using my voice right now is to use my voice. And so that's what I'm doing. And I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not going to coach at all ever again. Not saying that. However, I realize that for me, I'm not a one trick pony. Is that, I think that's the saying. I think that's the saying. There are many things I like to do. I like to do this. I like to do the podcasting. I like to sing. I like to host meditations. I like to do coaching. I love my nine to five, which is crazy. Let's talk about that for a minute. Before I get into the music, you see, I'm procrastinating. I'm procrastinating, consciously procrastinating. But I love my nine to five. And it's so interesting because if you're working a nine to five, I encourage you, look for the beauty in in your nine to five. Look for what you're grateful for in your nine to five. Because that nine to five is allowing you to put food on your table, to have a roof over your head, to clothe yourself and your, you know, your family if you have children or a significant other. And that nine to five is giving you the freedom to not have to worry about your abundance while you build your business. Okay, so change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. How can you find gratitude for your nine to five? And hey, this is a spiritual podcast, all right? Look at your nine to five as a playground where you can learn and grow because there is so much to be learned, to to learn and grow (laughs) at a nine to five. I have experienced so much growth working in this environment. And it's so interesting because I applied for this job thinking it was work from home. And long story short, I have to go into an office. And it's so funny because I'm so grateful that I have to go into an office because working from home would have been easy. Now I get to show up to work and I have to show up. I have to be conscious. I have to be present. I have to be able to manage my energy. I have to be able to, you know, deal with coworkers, deal with customers, deal with management, deal with situations. You know, where I work, I work in Santa Monica in California. About a month ago, a car like ran into our building. It was crazy. So it's like, okay, I got to experience what it was like in a high stress situation. And then literally about, what was it? Today's Sunday? On Wednesday, a person tried to break into our office and smash windows. I'm like, and I froze. I froze. And luckily... I have a lovely soul, lovely, lovely soul as a coworker, and he yelled at me to move, and I and I ran. So he saved the day, and just like an hour or so later, I kid you not, another car. If the pole wasn't there, would have ran into my desk. So two accidents on one day, and two car crashes within a month, and that's where I work. And it's so bizarre because I had a dream a week prior two accidents would happen again at my job. Very weird, very bizarre, I know, crazy, crazy. But the reason that I share all this is that I wouldn't have experienced none of that if I was working from home. (laughs) Now, it really just taught me that everything can be a growth lesson. Everything can be 
an experience and can be part of your soul's journey if you decide to look at it that way. And it can be an opportunity for you to show up as the best version of you. And I have this uh, practice that I do because I bike to work now. And so when I'm biking home, I like to reflect on my day and just kind of replay the day. And whenever there's a part in the day that comes up where I didn't like how I showed up, I try to replay it in my mind the way I wish I would have showed up. And then I can just kind of let it go. It's just a little thing that I do. And the thing is, I encourage you to to do that with your nine to five because it's going to allow you to find ways to look for the good, ways to show up as the, the, the version of you that you aspire to be. And also, when you're looking for the good and you're looking for gratitude, it's going to literally trick your brain to continue to do more of that. It's like a it's like a positive feedback loop. And so I share all this to say that wherever you are is perfect. Wherever you are is where you're meant to be. Who you are right now is needed for who you are becoming. And so the moment you can let go and surrender and accept and love yourself, that's where everything else starts to show up. And I know it's ironic and I know it's like counterintuitive, but it's in that surrender and it's in that letting go and letting be that the magic happens. And so to bring this episode, oops, <laughs> to bring this episode, I got, I got real excited, to an end, I'm very excited to share that the thing that I'm most passionate about and that I'm stepping back into is music and creating music that is nourishing for the soul, creating music that allows you to remember who you are, allows you to tap into love, allows you to awaken to whatever feelings that there are within your being, you know, whether it is to tap into more inner peace and release any anxiety or stress, whether it is to call in more prosperity and abundance, whether it's to focus on your health, whether it's to tap into your higher self. I want to make very purposeful music, music that inspires you, music that lifts you up, music that raises your vibe. And it just came to me like, that is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's what I've always wanted to do is be a singer and performer. If you've ever listened to my meditations, uh, and even if you haven't, it would be my absolute honor to create something for you. And that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm very excited. My goal is to create, uh, I'm thinking, I haven't really thought of a number. I know I want to do like a big chunk because I'm producing this myself as well. So I guess I should explain the vision first before I say how many. So here's my vision. I invested in sound bowls, a ukulele, I know, and some other instruments. And I'm learning how to produce. And I have a, a coach as well. I'm very excited. And so I already have some ideas. And I already created my first one for a dear friend, custom guided meditation. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I want to create custom guided meditations and healing music, especially for you. So if that's something you would like and you're interested in, it is free of charge from my heart to yours. This is something I'm still experimenting with. I'm still 
you know, kind of finding my sound, finding my groove. So please have some grace and compassion. But if that's something you are interested in, I would absolutely love to create something for you. Yes, yes. I'll have more info in the show notes of this episode so you can reach out to me and just let me know what kind of guided meditation you would like. My goal, let's see, how many should I create? Hmm. I'm not going to put a number on it. Not going to put a number on it. That's my Capricorn moon trying to like put a put a number on it. However many feels right feels right. So if it feels right to you, you feel called to reach out, check the show notes of this episode. I would be so honored and humbled to create a custom guided meditation for you. It'll have my voice. It'll be my production. Again, I'm still learning. This is new for me, but I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm just like so giddy right now. I'm so excited. So yes, if you'd like that, please reach out. And other than that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This was so much fun. I'm excited to do more solo episodes. And I'm also going to have guests again, of course. And yeah, till next time, sending you so much love.